And for more, we're joined on the line now by Nadir Token, analyst at 27.4 Investment Managers. Good morning, Nadir. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to your listeners. Now, Nadir, let's start by taking a look at uh, the GDP growth numbers that came out um, on Friday in the U.S. Yeah, you know, Sakina, I think it's just putting the Fed in more and more of a quandary, you know, because the numbers that came out were exceptionally robust, and there were um, there, there, there were a, a revision of uh, second quarter growth numbers for the U.S., and they were in fact revised upwards to 3.9% uh, GDP growth for the second quarter, and it was supported by you know an, an improving manufacturing sector, um, you know, which on the back of such dollar strength is uh, definitely good news for the U.S., uh, where despite the fact that we saw such significant dollar strength, um, you know, over the first half of the year, we saw the manufacturing sector improve a little bit in the second quarter relative to the first quarter. So that's the first point. And then the second point is that, uh, you know, there was an increase in personal consumption expenditure, um, you know, from U.S. consumers, which drove uh, uh, growth certainly a little bit higher in the second quarter. And we saw the the number for GDP growth being revised upwards from uh, just under 3% to 3.9% for the second quarter. Now, the problem the Federal Reserve is facing is that, uh, you know, they're in this quandary where there's been a lot of volatility in financial markets and we've seen uh, uh, financial assets sell off quite aggressively globally, um, you know, on the back of speculation of when we're going to see that first interest rate increase, um, you know, and we're seeing the Federal Reserve consistently coming out. We saw Janet Yellen just uh, last week Thursday speaking at the University of Michigan saying that, uh, you know, that, that, that rate hikes are imminent and they're almost upon us and uh, the Federal Reserve has got to move fairly soon to prevent, uh, you know, having to tighten monetary policy very aggressively um, over a short period of time. So I think the scene is really being set for um, possibly an October interest rate hike, but definitely an interest rate hike before the end of the year from the Federal Reserve, because the U.S. economy seems to be powering ahead, um, you know, despite the fact that inflation remains uh, well contained below 2%. I think, uh, you know, we've got to get the world, the, the U.S. economy, and in fact the world uh, used to higher interest rates. So I think on the back of really positive growth numbers, we could see uh, a Federal Reserve interest rate increase uh, possibly in October. Well, and, 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 you know, looking at that, and then there's also the outflows from emerging markets and their impact, Nadir. What, what can we say about that? Yeah, so these are obviously not isolated incidents. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of inflows into emerging markets, you know, ever since the Federal Reserve uh, or ever since developed markets really kept interest rates pretty much at zero, providing absolutely no yield to investors. So we've seen quite a large pickup in inflows into emerging markets, um, particularly emerging well, South Africa has obviously been a beneficiary of that, and Russia, China, um, and, and, and India, and, 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 all, and Turkey, and Indonesia, as well. And uh, obviously, as volatility has picked up into this year, and as Chinese economic growth has come under a bit of pressure, and there's been a bit of concern about where that's going, it's just been a perfect storm of events um, for investors to reverse the inflows which they poured into emerging markets in a search for yield. So we've obviously seen these currencies taking a battering. Um, we've obviously felt that in South Africa with Iran declining some 20% this year. And, uh, you know, the impact that this has is that, 
you know, it places a lot of these emerging markets in a bit of a stagflation bind because their currencies are weakening quite aggressively on the back of foreigners uh, pulling capital out of their markets because of heightened volatility. And uh, their their, their weaker currencies mean that uh, they're importing inflation. But the problem is that their growth has been coming off uh, quite a bit because a lot of the emerging markets are really uh, uh, commodity-based commodity-based economies, you know. So um, the, the declining commodity prices and the fact that, uh, you know, China has obviously been demanding less commodities and they're trying to change the source of their economic growth has meant that uh, economic growth globally in the emerging markets has really stalled a little bit. So we've seen economic growth slowing and we've seen inflation rising, which is exactly the problem what, that we faced within South Africa. But, uh, you know, it's comforting to know that South Africa is, is, is not alone in this boat of, of, of a stagflation bind. So I think, uh, you know, in part that has been part of the reason we've seen the Federal Reserve delay an interest rate hike because of the shocks it will see reverberating through the global economy. But I think, you know, the data has now reached a point where they can no longer warrant staying at pretty much zero interest rates. Um, you know, and, the, and, and, and emerging market uh, currencies have seemed to stabilize a little bit. So, you know, let's hope that Chinese economic growth can stabilize as well. And, uh, you know, that, that, that should then bode well or, you know, bode for a more stable condition in, in, in emerging markets. And Nadir, uh, what's your view on the stepping down of Tiger Brand CEO Peter Matlare? Yeah, so investors really seem to like the news. So, you know, we saw Tiger Brand in the day firmly up on Friday. Um, at one point, they were trading up 6% on the day to 314 rand. They obviously moderated some of those gains and ended the day around 4% up. So the market definitely liked the news. And, uh, you know, I think um, the, the, the share had been punished quite aggressively this year, despite the fact that we've seen a stepping up in volatility and despite the fact that Tiger Brand is supposed to be somewhat of a defensive company selling, uh, you know, staple goods in South Africa with, uh, you know, the underpin of aggressive growth of increased consumption in, uh, or in the rest of Africa. So despite these, these, these tailwinds and despite the fact that the conditions have been fairly good for defensive-natured uh, stocks, we've seen Tiger Brand sell off about 15% this year. And, you know, that's really on the back of uh, losing their dominance in the South African bread space and allowing competitors to compete more aggressively with them in that space. And that's really a, a unit that, that, that accounts for about a third of profits in South Africa. So it really is, um, you know, a massive contributor to their bottom line. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of investors saw that as a failing in strategy of, 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 of Tiger Brands. And, you know, ultimately the CEO should be held responsible for that. And then obviously there's, uh, you know, the, the rest of Africa where they've really been doing poorly, which has really been a drag on earnings. You know, we're talking about uh, the, the, the purchase of Dongoti flour mill for $155 million, and then subsequently that to write off half that acquisition, um, you know, as the assets proved to not be what uh, Tiger Brands thought they'd deliver for earnings and not, and, and not proved to deliver the growth that they thought it would. So, you know, there's been a couple of uh, strategic uh, uh, mistakes which Tiger Brands have had, which led to them um, losing their dominance in, in, in the South African market, and uh, which led to them, uh, you know, catching a bit of a hiding in Africa from the other competitors 
there. So we've seen earnings really come under strain. We're talking about um, at their at the, at the earnings, the next earnings results, we're talking about them growing headline earnings by about 2% over six months, which really isn't great given that, uh, you know, we are in a defensive cycle of the economy where the defensive companies are supposed to do a lot better. So I think a couple of strategic decisions are cost Tiger Brands and the market happy that it's going to be under new leadership.